welcome to the City Point Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. Every day is an opportunity to take hold of. So we hope this message inspires you and builds your faith, that it helps you have more of a God perspective for your day. Enjoy. Thank you. I love how people clap at the end of that video. And wherever we take that video, people clap. So it's just wonderful to see so many CMC people all linked in the room. It feels uh, just wonderful. So if you need some clarity or a sign from God for 2023, there may be three little letters there, CMC for you. Because one thing I love about CMC, it builds your local church. And notice how many people on the stage behind us are serving and they've studied at CMC. So that could be you as well. So let's give these guys a round of applause because I don't think they're going to stand up here while I preach. Otherwise, they may not laugh at all my jokes. Hey, look, it's always good to be with you at City Point North. I tell you what, it really feels like family here. I tell people, like my wife, Jean and I, we do a lot of preaching around it, and we talk about City Point North. We say the worship is always red hot here. There's always an open heaven, and you guys are an easy group of people to preach to because I feel like you draw the implanted Word of God out of yourself. So I really want to commend that to you. Sounds a bit like your pastors, doesn't it? Open heaven, loving the glory in the presence of God, and looks like you've overcome a bit of adversity. I could easily think that we're um, at a drive-in theatre right now, and the movie's about to come on, and you got your popcorn and your snacks? <laughs> You'll be right. Hey, well, look. It's a new financial year, and some of you have been getting or about to receive some tax refunds that are being processed. Some of you may have a notice of assessment that's arrived that you've got to think what the heck you're going to do about that. Could I suggest at the beginning of a new financial year is an opportunity to have a look at our finances and to maybe think about mixing some things up and changing some things. Now, my wife and I, we've been praying for this service, and we've been praying for you this week. Because we believe that God has got some great news for you, especially if you're carrying the heavy burden of unsecured debt. So I'm going to close off powerfully this Elephant in the Room series this morning, and I want to be bringing some of God's truth to you from His Bible, the Word of God, about one particular aspect of our finances, all gone quiet in here. I'm here to help. Seriously, uh, I'm here to help. So this message is going to be a really practical outworking of one of the values of this church, this house of God here. One of our values strong here is the value of generosity. So today I want to talk to us about how we manage our debt If you're taking notes here this morning or listening on a podcast under the sound of my voice this morning, the message title is called How to Escape the Chains of Debt. Glad you came this morning. Can I suggest this, that many of us deal with debt in some way or other. Debt is so common throughout our lives and our nation today. The average credit card debt in Australia keeps increasing. An average over one quarter of our household income is going to paying down debt. One survey said that debt is causing 14% of adults to delay getting married, 20% to delay having children, and for some others, 
unsecured debt is causing a 40% delay in buying a home. So I would agree, as would you with me, that debt is a real issue. Got some slides coming up behind me, but debt is borrowing from future income to buy now what we cannot afford with our current income. Many of our homes are under stress because of debt, especially now we've got interest rates on the rise. And for some, for some people, debt can be a real hidden issue, something that we don't like to talk about too much. Now, the Bible talks about debt, and it says that debt is a source of pain. Would you agree with that? If ever you've had challenging and financial seasons, debt really can be a source of pain. So it's been a pain for me, and it's been a pain for some of you. One thing I love about the Word of God, the Bible, is that it deals with this issue of pain. One thing I love about the Bible, it's a very practical book. It's not a book that we leave up on a shelf that's separated from everyday life, but it's, it's a very practical book and it can be applied to all areas of our life and its truth can come into our lives and help make things different. Now, since we all deal with money, the Bible, thank God, has a lot to say about money. The fact beside the issue of love, money is the most common topic in the Bible. So if you can imagine if it talks about money and it talks about human frailty, then it's going to give us some wisdom about this issue of debt. So I want to take us through today a bit of a teaching about what the Bible says regarding debt and how we can manage debt, how we can get on the front foot financially and for some of us, how we can escape the chains of debt. If you've got a Bible, and hopefully it comes up on the, the screen behind me, Proverbs 22 says this. We're going to use a lot of Bible from the book of Proverbs today. I love Proverbs. It's a book of wisdom, common sense, accelerated with the divine touch of God to help us build a life of flourishing, hope, and peace. But Proverbs 22 verse 7 says this. The borrower, borrower is a servant to the lender. The borrower is a servant to the lender. Some of us are serving banks. Some of us are serving credit card companies. Some have got education debts. Some have got loans to the cash converters guys or, or guys who provide finance at, at rip-off interest rates. And when I'm talking about debt today, I'm talking about unsecured debt because that's the most common kind of debt. Secured debt, for those listening at home, is debt that is linked to something of value like a house or a car that can be sold off. And when that's sold, it almost pays off all, all the debt. That's what I called secured debt. Unsecured debt is like credit card debt for an overseas holiday there is nothing of value that's left that can pay off that debt. So unfortunately, fun memories and a great Instagram reel with Vibe can't pay the bank back, although I'm sure we all had a good time while we're doing it. Can I just say, this message is very personal for me today um, because I've had to deal with these issues of debt growing up. I remember a lot of yelling in my home growing up. I remember, especially as a 12-year-old boy, for several years, answering the phone in the afternoon when uh, my folks weren't home after school, 
And there's this guy from a credit card company. Some of you remember the days of bank card. That was the first bank the credit card that was ended into Australia in 1974, way back last millennium. And uh, this guy called Lloyd Skinner would ring, and he would ask my dad, actually, is there a Lloyd Skinner in the room today? <laughs> Who is that man? You may know a Lloyd Skinner, and he'd always ask for my dad. He said, can you leave a message for my dad, your dad? I want him to call me back. It's, it's Lloyd Skinner from ANZ Cards. And I remember dad not ringing him back. I remember my dad, my mum hearing that dad had not rung Lloyd Skinner back. And that started another round of yelling, another round of fighting. I remember hearing my dad on the phone with Lloyd Skinner. I, I've never seen my dad yell so loudly and be so angry. How am I supposed to feed my kids? How am I supposed to pay that money back? And I just remembered that growing up and having a real distaste for unsecured debt, debt, debt that dad could not just get rid of and debt that he had nothing to be able to sell, to pay back, to get rid of that debt. So maybe that's why I decided to become an accountant when I left high school. I thought, I'm going to be able to deal with guys like Lloyd Skinner. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, for some of you, this message, and uh, I want to keep this sort of um, safe and honest today, but for some of you, here's some signs that, that debt may be a bit of a problem. And, and I've got a list on the... On the um, the screen behind me. These are danger signs of the bondage or the chains of debt. So number one, you're starting to get a problem if number one, you're living on credit instead of paying for cash. I've done some debt recovery and some counselling before with people. I've written a financial literacy program for a local high school. They paid me to do that. I remember someone saying, what, can you pay for stuff besides using credit? They genuinely never heard of the idea of cash and using hard cash to do a financial transaction. You know you're at stage one when you run out of money before you run out of month. And uh, you're constantly using cards um, and you see if the credit card amounts are increasing, that that's going to be a warning sign that it may be worthwhile having a good look at your approach to your money. Number two. If you're delaying payment or paying the minimum due, if you find yourself under tension over money, it probably means that you've got some sort of debt. Banks love it when we pay the minimum amount because generally that means you'll still end up paying three to four times the amount of the original purchase. That's why banks were required by law on the top of statements to say, if you make the minimum payment, this is how long it's going to take you before you finally pay out that amount. So some good stuff around some credit law and some consumer education has been going on. Number three, you know you're in challenge if you're unable to tithe or you're unable to save or, or that, what, that's what the mindset that you have. If you can't tithe, then you can't be generous. If you can't save for your future, it's because... Everything else, your resources have been sucked to pay down the bills. Now, most of us, especially in this house of generosity, want to partner with the values of the house to be generous, but some of us can sometimes feel restricted because there's something holding us back. 
Many of us want to invest generously and invest in eternity and invest in faith like Pastor Gray was leading us this morning around the generosity moment, but there's something which restricts us. Instead, instead we, we may be robbing MasterCard or Visa or American Express, but friends, can I say, don't be robbing God because it's a matter of financial priorities. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that later about how it is practically we can put God first in this important area of our finances. Number four key that you know you might be in a bit of trouble is you're unable to pay your taxes. Now, I appreciate paying our taxes is not the biggest motivator for us all. I, I totally understand that. But the Bible does say, even Jesus said this, we have to pay, give Caesar what is due to Caesar. So in other, other ways, another way of saying it, we shouldn't have to be afraid to pay our obligations to society. So if you're unable to pay taxes, that's another warning sign. Number five, extravagant spending. This, this, is, this is a big sign. For, 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 for people who want more, they're never, never satisfied with more. Some people buy things that we don't need to impress people that we don't like. It's an amazing phenomena. Some people do that here in Australia. What about people in your world who constantly give over-the-top gifts all the time and you feel obligated then to give them back or to reciprocate that? Friends, it's worth having a look about that and asking some questions. Do I really need to do that? Some people are very image conscious and they spend more than they have to try and make themselves look good or feel better. And that, that's another danger sign that you're starting to move into, into trouble. Number six, this one may surprise you, but this is a danger sign for me because having to deal with a lot of people, some people are constantly looking for get-rich-quick ideas. Um, get-rich-quick schemes generally will get you into more, more debt. There's commercials around with a little jingle that says, wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> I'm asking you to sing along with me. But we get emails and I, and I think, how does a Nigerian widow give me $10 million if I just give my bank, and she just needs my bank account for a little while. Has anybody ever seen, have we all received those email scams from people? Most of your spam filters fix up with that. But, but before you get into a get-rich-quick scheme, be sure to read this verse, which is on the screen now. Proverbs 21.5 says, hasty speculation brings about poverty, among other things. I was part of a church network once that you put money in and you get 20% interest every month. 20% interest every month. You get $10,000 in there, everybody is printing cash. But you know what works out? You go try and visit the guy in Singapore. It's a Ponzi scheme where it just needs more money to put money in and the guys at the top get rich and it only works while people are chucking money in at the bottom pyramid, like a Ponzi scheme. These things do not exist, friends. They're lies. You, 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 know, you know, there's another word for scam in Australia, and it's called, it's called lottery. It's called lottery. My brother used to be in this, and he told us how many houses we're all going to buy, and my mind would go there for about three, four minutes. Oh, we'd have a house next to mum. Stop that. Another word for scam is not lottery, but it's silly. It's silly. It just, the Bible says we've got to be careful about that. You know that studies have shown that people who play the lottery regularly are in debt 
four times more than the average person. So you, if, if that's the case, you're, in, you're invulnerable. There's, there's something that we've got to watch around this something for nothing mentality. Dire Straits had a song, money for nothing and my checks for free. It's not true. It only works for them because it's a Ponzi scheme because we're buying albums to help fund all that, all right? We're part of the gullible, the gullible gang, all right? So we've got the idea. I think we've got seven or eight ideas there. So what does God want you to do? So what does God say about it? He wants to help you to get out of debt. And I've listed here nine steps out of debt bondage. Now, I put a scripture in each one of these points. There could be four or five scriptures out of the Word of God that could really help us today. But for the sake of time... I've just got one, one really good one. The Bible's very clear. It wants, God wants to help us get out of debt and to live in a place of financial freedom. How's this? The Bible doesn't say that you're going to get out of unsecured debt quickly, though. Okay, it is possible um, because one of the things that God wants to do with us while he gets us out of chronic debt is he wants to develop our character along the way. So this is, this is important. So as God lowers our debt, he is going to raise our character. As parents in the room, you know that character development, it takes time. Getting out of debt takes time. But this is why God's getting out of debt, because he wants to build something inside of you. I found this. Money is neutral. Money takes on the personality of the person who's hands it in. So if you're, it's money's, money's not the issue. You put money in the hand of a greedy person is used for greedy purposes. Money in the hand of a generous person is used for kingdom purposes. I love that money has a language. Money speaks. Money says, like it did to the church leadership here, money said to this block of land that was a Moab place, we can buy you and use you for kingdom purposes. And that's why money is nothing to do about dollars, but it's about our character and our integrity with God. So there's a link between our character and our spiritual maturity in the way that we handle our money. Isn't it good? Number one, the, the, here's nine specific things that we can do to get us out of the chains of debt. Number one, commit to being debt-free today. It starts with a commitment. Even before you make your first financial repayment of what we're talking about today, you can make the commitment in your head, an intellectual commitment, that I'm going to be debt-free. You can also make a spiritual commitment today that I'm a steward, the money belongs to God, and I'm choosing to manage his money a different way today. Spiritual, I believe that debt really is, in fact, a spiritual issue. Now, if, if you've gone into debt, with no reasonable period of when you're actually going to repay that with the intention, the Bible says you've put yourself into a spiritual condition called, called wickedness. Now, wicked is a word that teenagers like to use, and it means cool and whatever. But friends, it's a really bad place to live your life as a, as a, as a son and daughter of God. In Psalm 37, verse 21, it says this, the wicked borrow and they never repay. So having money, someone else's money, without a plan is a spiritual issue. So I'm going to encourage people at the end when we stand and we, we pray at the end to make a commitment 
a spiritual commitment to live a life of integrity and to say, I'm determined that I want to move towards a debt-free position. Say, God, I'm making this commitment to you today. It's not a commitment to Andrew Staggs or to the pastors of this church. It's a commitment to God. And God, you say this, God, I want to do your will, but I can't do it without your power in my life. Friends, there's something powerful when we do God's will, we then get God's power. And when we make a spiritual commitment to God this morning, God brings all of his resources into place and comes on our team. He comes into agreement with his own money and brings all his solutions. So if you commit to being debt free or to do something about that around the area of unsecured debt, the key is going to be in two words, and you may want to write this down, and it's called delayed gratification. Delayed gratification. If you're on the internet, you might see Jordan Peterson. He's out there talking about impulse control. Two, two words. Delayed gratification or impulse control. It's going to take commitment. It's going to take discipline to get out of debt. It's going to take perseverance. It's going to take a new level of character development. But most of all, it's going to take delayed gratification or impulse control. Because the reason why we often get into this, issue, this, this challenge is because it's an issue of trust between us and God. Some of us have decided we're not going to trust God to meet all of our needs. God said he would meet all of our needs. He didn't promise to meet all of our greeds. I need a handheld mic to, drop, to be able to drop it then, don't I? Yeah. This is my last little heavy bit of this section before I move on. You ready for it? When we take on excessive debt, we're offering to say, we're offering, we're offering saying to God that the job he has given us and the income that we have from him is not good enough. And we're going to take it on our own from here, God. He will help you, friends, along the way. All right? So I'm encouraging us as I close this heavy point. Commit today. Make a commitment today, a spiritual commitment to becoming debt-free. Number two. Number two, how to get out of the debt, the, the debt bondage. Start paying God and yourself first. This is the principle of tithing and saving that your pastor talked about before. Right off the top, whenever whatever money comes in, you give the first 10% to God. It's, it, it, a tithe is not any tenth, friend. It is the first tenth. See, it's about priorities. It's about priorities. The first tenth, what does it mean? I can hear people say, but shouldn't I pay debtors in that first? We're going to come to that. We're going to come to that in a moment. You give the first tenth. And so one of the reasons why we often can't delay gratification or exercise impulse control is because we've mixed up the priorities of not our money, but it's actually God's money. So you have to have the proper priorities in place if we're going to pay down debt quickly. Starts with putting God first place, and that's what the tithe is, is all about. But I, try, I say it's one thing to get a phone call and be chased by a credit company. 
it's another thing not to have the approval of God, okay? And I'm, I'm not going to say when you pay the tithe, it's protection money. But, but there's a sense that for some of you who like a good mafia movie, God says, I will rebuke the devourer and I'm going to get it sorted for you. And for some of you, you know that is truer than true than true than true, isn't it? Which muscle man do you want chasing you? When we give the tithe, that's when we get his power. And for some of us, we need supernatural power to break the power of debt in, in our lives. Now, if this didn't make sense, friends, we wouldn't require any faith, would we? Some think, is this a get-rich-quick scheme? No, no, but trust me, we're entering into a supernatural economy like no other that has got some amazing results. So for some of you, it's giving the first bit of everything that you earn. I love this verse and this version out of Deuteronomy 14. Deuteronomy 14.23 says this, the purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. When we give to God the first 10%, the priorities in our, our life begin to be ordered correctly, and, and then things, we have a, a secure foundation of which to build a good foundation. I want you to do another thing here. If you're writing notes here, you put these, I want to put you this number down. Put the number 10 down, and then put another 10 next to it, and then put another 10, and then put the number 70, all right? So you're smart people here. 10 plus 10 plus 10 plus 70 equals 100. And, and for some of you who are looking today, you've come into the house of God looking for solutions and you're looking for clarity. You want to talk about the elephant in the room in your life? And we sung a bold song, sung number four, God, you are the God of the breakthrough. For some of you, this is your breakthrough idea today. You're going to leave the house of God. At least you've got a formula that you can work with today. So the first 10% goes to God. The second 10% goes to savings. The third 10% can go to one of two places. It either pay down your debt or it can go into some long-term investment. And then that way, you, after you've paid off your debt, you've already got the, the practice established that you're living with 10% less and you start to live on the 70% that is left. Now, for some of you, for some of you this is the massive way you've got to start to learn how to control your spending. Do you know I know people, I know two people, two families, and they're two single people, and they're on disability pensions, and they've been on disability pensions for the last 10 years. Both of them have got enough money for a house deposit. Because they've used this principle. They, they're just really good with their money, and you wouldn't believe it. They think the people with the least money would have the least amount for a house deposit. But one's got uh, 85000 and the other one's got $93,000 sitting in a bank account. Because they've taken this principle. Some of you are blown away by that. Huh? Like, the end of the day is, I worked with a millionaire property developer once as a consultant. He said this, Andrew, you have to understand the power of surplus in your life. If you have no surplus, you cannot build anything. No matter how much money you have, he said, you have to have a surplus mentality. And that's what got him to make his first million dollars. That with the principle of delayed gratification and controlling his spending. So a lot to say about spending, and that's a whole different stuff. But number one, another, number one I found when I work with families is this. 
Watch your takeaway, how much you spend on takeaway. That's a good area to go start, but we've got to move on quickly, all right? So that's number two, to get out of debt monitors, start paying God and then, and then yourself first. Number three, list down everything that, you, uh, what, everything that you own and then everything that you owe. You're going to be surprised around what you've got by the time you list it all out and then list down how much you owe. For some of you, you might need to think, what's your long service leave balance? Because there's money there, there's acute annual leave. Some of you haven't done your tax return for a couple of years. There may be refunds there, money that's yet to come to you that you get yourself organised. To get all the bills, get all the online statements, put it all together. Do you own a car? For some of you, you may need an Excel spreadsheet to work this out. But I love what it says here in Proverbs 24, verse 3. It says, a house is built by wisdom and becomes, got, uh, becomes strong through good sense. Not sense with a sense, but you could spell sense with a dollar sign. How's that? With good sense. It's like good sense, understanding of our finances. For some of you, this will be the scariest thing you'll do this week, is bring your whole financial life out of the mushrooms, out from underneath the rainforest leaves, and you're going to bring it into the light. And you're going to get a real assessment about what's going on. My wife and I have just come through Singapore. There's a problem in Singapore. All these big business guys don't tell their wives about where their business is at and how much financial trouble they're in. So they're not in alignment. They're not in agreement. It's not a problem in Australia, I'm sure. But bringing things into the light and, and letting the light of day, sometimes it's the reality check, okay? So step number three is all about a reality check. Number four, some of you might need to have a sale of some description. Start to sell some things. This particular point has been sponsored by eBay and Facebook Marketplace right now. <laughs> For some of you, you need to get rid of some stuff. I helped a family member do this. We got a whole heap of stuff and we had a garage sale and he ended up making $1,500. And what he did was he got rid of the clutter and it, it cleared his mind. All of a sudden he had $1,500 with this. He could start to do something and use that money to start to pay down some debt and you can start to work on it and get some momentum quickly. So if you're a guy in this room, it probably is some piece of electronic equipment that you paid too much for. If you're a lady, it's probably something that you wear, either your body or on your shoulder or whatever, I'm not sure. But it's something, sell it as it is used and cash it up and get rid of the power of debt in, in, in your life, all right? Now, let me ask yourself something. If right now your spouse, and please in this, the remainder of this message, do not be nudging your spouse or your significant other right now, but if there is a piece of something that you, that you know God is prompting to you sell, but you're excessively resistant to sell it, I believe that's an interesting spiritual question for you to ask. Why is it that you do not want to sell that? Because sometimes in our life, there is something that we're trying to protect, something that we're trying to hide because it's an idol in our lives. It's something that occasionally becomes more important than God. The great verse here in Ezekiel 20, where God says, get rid of all your idols. So for some of you, that's the word of the Lord, that you've got the message from God today, get rid of your idols, but I encourage you to stick through to the end because it gets even better, this message, right? Some of us have got idols in our homes. We make fun of other nationalities that have idols in their homes in the shape of funny-looking things, but we ourselves have our own idols, things that literally distract us from the power and the purposes of God. So here's my point here. Get your facts about your finances and then have a sale. 
Point number seven, number five, sorry, set up a repayment plan. You're never going to get out of debt accidentally. You're never going to just drift towards getting out of debt. But you're going to get out of debt if you, have, if you have a degree of intentionality and you have a plan. Somebody said that when you buy on credit, it's like getting drunk. The buzz comes immediately and the hangover comes afterward. This is the reality of unsecured debt. We have to deal with the hangover of our debts and some foolish uh, purchases that we've made. So I'd suggest this, set up a repayment plan. It's not the size of your plan that counts, it's the starting of the plan that is going to count. If you can pay $25 a month, $50 a month, whatever, starting the plan and getting some momentum will, will start to establish the routine of intentionality in your life. Now here's a simple way to start. Pay off the debt, the smallest debt quickly first, and then you've got some momentum. You've got one down, I say might five or, or five, six, six to go. You can start to chip away at that, and could I say that, and then use the money you save at that $25 or $50 a month and shove that into the next one, and what you do is you start to pick up a bit of speed now. For some of you, you're not going to start with the smallest debt. You're going to start with the debt that makes you the maddest. What's the angriest debt that you got? You get rid of that quick. You need to get angry. You need to get angry out of your life, right? And what you're doing, you're starting to free up all this emotional energy that debt has created, you've allowed to be in your life. Now, some people have got this thing called an envelope plan. You know, they have two envelopes. They put all their credit cards and, and store credit cards in one envelope, and then you put cash in the other envelope, and when you go to buy something, you only use cash. Now, I appreciate for COVID, it's a bit of a, a, bit of a funky thing. There's hardly any cash sitting around in our economy now. Something in the paper this week, the government's going to work out what are we going to do because there's not as much cash around. So there's apps on your phone that you can move money and set up accounts and move stuff around, but you may just put those credit cards to the side. I know a guy I helped get out of debt once. We talked about this. I said, we're going to do about your credit cards. We're going to envelope. I said, How, where can you put your credit card in such a place that you're never going to use it? So we got an ice cream container of water and we froze it. I went and saw him next week to help him out with his plan, and he showed me. He's got a picture holding it up. His credit card is frozen, is frozen as an ice cube. So for some of you, you may need lots of frozen blocks of ice in your fridge, whatever it is. But I'd encourage you to, to start to work out a plan. There's some great financial councils out there, like the CAP people, the Christians Against Poverty. They've got offices all around the place, and they do a, a, a really good job. For some of you really seriously about this, you may need to make, let your pastors know or let a life group leader know and say there's lots of resources out there to help you start to get a handle on your plan. I found this, debt is like financial cancer. You have to get it out of your body. If you went to the doctor tomorrow and they said we've detected something abnormal in your body, generally you're in the operating theatre within a week or two. They don't leave it to chance. So I would, I would say this, you explore treatments, you, you start to get some help, you make doctor's appointment. And for some of us, it takes, needs to take an urgency, a seriousness around this, and that will help us take, take our next bold step. Point number six, how to break the, the chains of debt. Decide to do it in half the time, once you've got your plan. Decide to do it in half your time. Now from a human point of view, you think, that's crazy, I've got a plan, 
But because I believe that debt is linked to a spiritual challenge and a solution in our life, I would encourage you to get rid of that stuff as quick as you can. Now, for some of you, that 70% or even that the, second, the third lot of 10% can be used to accelerate the reduction of debt in such a way. Dave Ramsey, if you follow him in America or I follow him on Instagram, he's always got good financial advice. He says you create what you call a debt snowball. But what happens is you, you keep building your repayments up and you keep adding to them and it creates this momentum, this acceleration, and you get an exhilaration that with you and God's power, you are starting to bring breakthrough and you're starting to see a new level of freedom come into your life. This, this is beyond human understanding, friends. This is what Luke 18, verse 27 says. He says, what is impossible from a human perspective is possible with God. So with God's strength, it is possible with discipline. What are those two words I said before right at the beginning? You need a bit of delayed gratification, impulse control, and you can build up a momentum of victory in your life. Number seven, the seventh key is this, add no new debt. As you fix up one debt, don't go and add on new stuff. Otherwise, you're just setting up yourself up for a revolving door, door again. Um, sometimes the challenge is that uh, gratifi- um, gratification tries and sneaks up. You think, I'm doing good. I need to give myself a reward. Can I encourage you from this verse out of Hebrews 13, verse 5? This is written in the message. It says this, don't be obsessed with getting more material things. Be satisfied with what you have. So for some, this is the word of the Lord for your next season as you're working with God to work on your character, but to honour God and to get rid of this spiritual issue right at the root. So for some of you, you might want to take a photo of that verse and that becomes your memory verse for the next month or for the next quarter or the next season in your life while you're working through this. This is such an important verse. Some of you may write it out in a little bit of a card and tape it to the back of your credit card. If you haven't got it in an envelope or you've got it, because sometimes we do need things for emergencies, like, like emergency emergencies, like I get that. And you may have in the back, every time you go to use that card, you're remembering the, and the word of God is always at the front of your mind. Hebrews 13 verse five, do not be obsessed with getting more material things. Be satisfied with what you have. For some of you who've got a series of credit cards, you might have to write out a series of verses, different verses, and tape them to the back of all your cards. Well, see what I'm doing? Suggesting you're doing something tactile where you're putting the word of God at the point of every transaction so you're going to honour the commitment that you make today when we stand in a moment and I say, I decide today that I want to be debt-free in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. How about number, number eight? I'd say this. Share my plan with my creditors. Had a family member, as I said, who hid. And what happens is it just makes them crankier and crankier. I know a bunch of guys who are in charge of repossessing cars, and they were quite gleeful when they went and finally got one on the back of a tow truck, and they got a big finance guys in the city. We're quite happy when they went and nailed it. But at the end of the day, they've got to go sell that car and they're often making a loss on it and nobody wins. It's a lot, a lot of drama going on with that. So I'd say this, the more open and upfront you can be, I remember sitting on the phone being authorised, someone very close to me, we negotiated a plan. I said, it's not the best plan, 
but we're going to make a commitment to you and can we ring back in 90 days after we've made three months of payments and we're going to tell you what we can do. The lady said, it is so rare for people to ring up and talk and they go, she goes, my heart is so open towards you now. As we did that, we did that for 18 months and then you know what they did in the end? They wrote off $40,000 worth of debt because we came into the light, we helped them and people who are chasing money, they do have some power to negotiate some things along the way, all right? $40,000 was written off. I should have got a commission for something like that. No, but anyway. But I'd say this. Get on good, get on good terms. For some of you, need to go renegotiate some terms, get some new interest rates, shop around. There's some places you can bundle up some debt to make it easier. Um, there's some, I've helped someone go into liquidation and they were able to negotiate a bundle of terms and they were able to keep their car. So they were allowed to um, uh, get to work. Um, and I just find that just being open up front, once you've got a plan and when you know the reality of the plan and you've got some honesty around it, you can really, really get a long way. Proverbs 16 verse 7 talks about this and it says this, when your ways please the Lord, he will make even your enemies into your friends. So when you've got God involved, you're doing your 10, 10, 80, or your 10, 10, 10, 70, you've got a plan, you've got some momentum, God, I believe, will give you favour, and I've seen this happen time and time again. Quickly, point number nine is this, stick to it and trust God. Some of you have just got to do the time. You've just got to do the time. I did this in one of my churches back, and I remember on year five, I got a call from this guy, and they called me Skip back then. That was my, that was my nickname as a pastor, Skip. Uh, Skip, we've just made our final payment on $85,000 of debt that we had bundled up that we were irresponsible with. He said it took us five young years, but initially it was going to be eight years where we got it down to five, and we saved so many thousands of dollars of interest and, and just just wanted to ring you and say thank you for the plan. We followed the nine principles and, and we just feel so much stronger financially now. They've been able to get in a home and then a second home, etc. Just wonderful to see people work God's plan and get God's wisdom into their life. You will reap a harvest of blessings at the right time. Friends, it starts with our thinking though. The Bible says, as a man thinks, so is he. I hope that I'm pushing some buttons with you today. One of my mentors in my early years was a neurosurgeon. Dr. Don said when I operate, Andrew, the quickest way to get to operate in the brain is to go up the nose. So if some of my points have got up your nose today. It means that I'm getting through, all right? I'm getting through because some of this involves our thinking and how we perceive life and what God wants to do in our life so that we honour him. I know this, some of you need to educate yourself around plastic, they say that people who use credit usually spend up to a third or 50% more than they would if they were using cash. Because there's a disconnect with reality when you tap instead of having to pay cash and it comes out of your bank account. There's a psychology. Did you know marketers out there, those ads we see on TV? I love it. My son is studying this. It's called behavioral economics. It's the emotion of money. Why do we spend some things on some things and not spend on others? Why are we happy to round a new car purchase off to 2,000, but we wouldn't spend 2,000 on a pair of shoes? There's a thing called um, uh, mental accounting. 
our mind plays tricks with us and we allow some things, but we don't allow other things. I'd say this, this is what marketers do. This is what the algorithm on your phone is all about. It's tracking things, it's looking what you're looking at, and it's worked out a profile on how you think about money and how you think about resources. Gee, the people of the world are smart, aren't they? But the Word of God brings us wisdom to outsmart the schemes and strategies of, of the enemy. In the love of you, often you say, I bought something, it's not how much I spent. I tell everybody how much I saved. So how much it, it's funny, this is how mental accounting works. This is how behavioral economics works. There's a psychology of money, but the Bible talks about it's our thinking, our psychology that determines the course of our steps. I believe God has been speaking to us powerfully through His Word today. So there's wisdom, all right? There's common sense, natural wisdom for you, hopefully dealed up in five bits of assessment and nine bits of a key. I'm a man of God and my job is to bring heaven to earth. And I see this issue of debt and finances really seriously. So I'd love us to read a story as I close and move to a ministry moment now. And it's in, this, it's in 2 Kings chapter four. And this is a, a sad story because it relates to God's people. In 2 Kings four, one to seven, it's at a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out Elijah saying, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor is coming to take away my two sons to be slaves. This is what debt does, friends. For some people, they lose their kids as a result of this. And this is a man of God. This is a sad story. Verse two, so Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Verse three, then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbours, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you've come in, you should shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it in these vessels and set aside the full ones. So he went from him and she shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass, this is what I love, you get a man of God involved, the anointing of God, and this is where miracles happen around death. When you come to pass, when the vessels, um, she, she poured it out, verse six, when the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased, it stopped flowing. Verse seven, then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons will live on the rest. Here's a woman from no fault of her own, found herself in a difficult debt situation with creditors who are gonna take away her son. Can I say friends about debt? Debt has no personality. It's not fair sometimes. Stuff happens. Some of you have signed over to be guarantors for people and then it's now in your, you may be carrying that. Sometimes debt is not fair. But I believe that debt has a supernatural power to it and it needs to be fought sometimes with supernatural weapons. And so I know this, that debt can bring anxiety. Debt can actually lead to disobedience in our lives. But I know this, that it is God who promises in 2 Corinthians 9 that He gives seed to the sower. He gives us bread for eating. He meets our daily needs. But He sometimes gives us a supernatural advantage to break the power of difficulties in our life. 
Now, I know this church is a generous church. It's familiar with giving. In June, we had a faith, love and hope offering so that we know that you guys are very aware of this principle of sowing seed. Pastor Mel led you powerfully in a message in May of this year, talking about faith for finances and that God looks after the sparrow. God cares about the details of your life. So what we've done is for some of you, we're going to pray soon. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk about those who have got a debt to Jesus in a moment. But then I want to do something. I want to prepare your hearts for this when we're standing in a moment. And uh, God wants to get seed to some of you. Special seed, anointed seed, supernatural seed. So what we've done is we've got 20 dollar notes, 20 notes here, all right? We've anointed these with oil and we've prayed over them. There's going to come a moment where if you'd like one of these seeds, by faith, as an act of faith, when we're praying moment, you're going to give a chance to respond anonymously and the pastoral team at the moment are going to come and bring this seed, seed to you because we want to come into agreement that the power of debt will be broken off your life in Jesus' name going to release a new level of generosity in this church, going to reduce anxiety in your life and your family. Marriages are going to come into alignment. There's going to be no more shouting in homes over finances. Is that all right? Who would have thought we'd given away money in church, eh? <laughs> Gee, this is a great Sunday to come to church. So we've got 20 tokens. Sorry, I didn't have any green ones. The photocopy had a bit of trouble with, 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 with the greening. <laughs> so right, we're going to pray and I'm just going to give those to... John, we're going to have a moment in a moment. Can we stand, shall we? We're going to stand. God's been good here this morning. The Word of God, I believe, has spoken to us powerfully. It's wonderful. I love the wisdom of the Word of God. It is so practical. So the first commitment I'd love to lead us this morning, if you're open to it, is that we're going to make a couple of vital commitments So the first one right now is today is a group of people here at City Point North. We're going to make a commitment to follow God's financial plan. So for some of you in your heart, you're going to decide in the next month, I'm going to write out that verse, Hebrews 13 verse 5, which is, I'm going to be satisfied with what God has given me. You're going to quote, you're going to memorise that verse, you're going to let the Word of God speak to you and wash over your life. You're going to make a commitment. I'm not going to be obsessed with material things. I'm going to be satisfied, God, with what I have from you. So for some of you right now, as our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, I might go, God, I need your help with that. Help me. And I'm going to say yes to that and agree with Pastor Andrew's prayer in a moment. Secondly, is you can make at a commitment in your heart and you might set a date in your heart right now that you're going to be debt free. I'm not talking about house loans because they, they take longer. But you're going to say in four years time, in 2026, my family, we're going to make a commitment to be debt free. For some of you, you may say in six years time, so that's 2028, we make a decision to follow God's plan for our finances And we're going to make a commitment to be debt-free by 2024, 2026, 2028, whatever it is. And you've got to go home and do your sums. When you do that, you're going to release the power of God and partner with Him in in your life. 
The second big commitment I'm going to ask you to make is that we need to commit to follow God's plan for our life. We can say yes to following His plan for our financial life, but many of us, all of us have had sins and we had a debt to the Father. And the Father sent Jesus to pay for the debts to have our debts cancelled. In Colossians 2 verse 14, it says this, we owed a debt because we broke God's laws. And the word says he cancelled the debt which listed all the rules that we failed to follow and he took away that record with its rules and he nailed it to the cross. That's a wonderful debt cancellation strategy. And basically, if you say, that's me, I need my debt of sin cancelled for the first time or it's been a long time since you've prayed that prayer not only you commit your financial life to God, but this morning you say, God, I'm committing my whole life today to be part of your plans and your purposes. So if we pray that prayer right now, I say, God, we trust you for your forgiveness. You are all that I need now, God. I thank you for paying the debt of my sin. God, I thank you that you assume Jesus on the cross, my debt, wiping it all out by your grace, by the power of your blood. And I ask you today that you will forgive me. And I want to become a follower of you. Help me to live for you from this day forward in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So while our heads are bowed, if that's you, I'd encourage you to go and see at the, the hub or the info desk. Let the people know you made that decision. Hopefully they'll get your Bible. Come and tell your pastors about that or one of the leaders or someone wearing a, a lanyard around here today. For some of us, God, we're going to pray. We're going to commit our financial lives to you in Jesus' name. God, today some parts of the message haven't been easy to hear, but they've been your truth coming deep within our soul. So help us, God, to trust you, to live for you. We want to honour you with our finances, with our giving, with the tithe, that we can access your power. Show us your plan. Help us to live by your word. Help us to live by your principles and your wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. While our heads are still bowed, the third prayer I want to pray is for debt-busting seed. While our heads are bowed, it's anonymous. If you'd like one of the three people at the front to distribute one of those anointed bits of money, it's going to sit in your wallet or you can make it and use it as your first down payment. And I'm like, like Isaac in Genesis 26. He planted, he sowed seed in a year of harvest, in a year of drought and desolation, and he got a hundredfold return. So that $10 note could be a, a $1,000 accelerator. So if you want to partner with a miracle this morning, and you want to look dead in the eye and say, you are broke in the name of Jesus, and Jesus, I receive the seed that your Bible promises you're going to give seed to the sower right now. I'd encourage you to raise your hand and the team are going to quickly come out right now and distribute some money. And you can hold that in your wallet, come into agreement with it as your father, with your family and say, God, we're going to break the power of this in Jesus' name. I need an accelerator. I need a harvest of finance to get myself back on track in Jesus' name. Still a few hands there, which is good. There's still more money to go around. Put your hands up. I don't want to take it home. <laughs> I don't want to take it home. It's blessed. It's holy money now. 
For some of you, you may want to hold it. You may want to grab it and give it to somebody else and be a blessing and give the seed to someone else. This is a church that touches our community. There's someone down the front here too. Just while our eyes are, are closed, we just keep this moment sovereign, friends. And keep this moment sovereign. Uh, you're working powerfully. Great. Team, there's one down the front here too. There's one down the front here. I'm here helping. Just be bold. Put up your hand in faith and say, I want the blessing of God from a man and woman of God. Talk to your pastors about doing this. I'm going to pray for an accelerator, a freedom accelerator to come into homes today in Jesus' name. It's going to be joy in homes. It's going to be laughing in homes. It's going to be financial security. The power of gambling is broken in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Just while our heads are bowed, while I was praying, this came to me yesterday and it came again this morning while I was praying, while our heads are bowed, there's a wonderful season of grace in this church. But God challenged me, there may be one or two people here who are, you're being an emotional creditor to somebody else. Somebody has done something and you're holding that over them. God's saying today, you've got to set them free. You've got to let them go now in Jesus' name. You're making them pay an exorbitant emotional interest rate for something that they've said sorry for or something that you believe or you feel aggrieved by. But friends, just in the season of grace, while God is releasing debts, He's asking creditors to help set people free this morning in Jesus' name. So God, just wash over. I'm not saying that in a condemning way, but Holy Spirit, do your work. It's your job to convince and convict people of their need of you do a sovereign work because freedom belongs in this house, generosity belongs in this house, and great stewardship belongs in this house. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Has today been helpful for you? I really feel like I wanted to speak some truth, but I'm hoping I did it in a loving and a helpful and sometimes a funny way. Isn't the Bible good? Bob has got wisdom and strength and these guys are all warmed up right now.